0: Good evening, everyone. Glad you made it out tonight. Let's stand together. I just want to pray for us as we get started. God, we thank you for this, uh, this beautiful night that we can come together and lift up songs to you, God, carols and songs of worship to you, God. I pray that um, we would just get lost in the meaning of these words tonight, God, that we would sing to you from our hearts God, we as we remember you in communion, God, that we would just reflect on the beauty of the cross and what it means to each and every one of us here tonight. We love you, God. in your name we pray. Amen. Let's sing this together.
1: No, oh, come all ye faithful, joyful and triumphant.
2: Micah 5, 2 through 5, but you, Bethlehem Ephrathah, though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come for me one who will be ruler over Israel, whose origins are from of old, from ancient times. He will stand and shepherd his flock in the strength of the Lord, in the majesty of the name of the Lord his God. And they will live securely, for then his greatness will reach to the ends of the earth, And he will be their peace. And from Luke 2. And everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths, lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying,
3: Isaiah seven fourteen. therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. Luke 1, 34 through 35, how will this be? Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin, the angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the most high will overshadow you. So the holy one to be born will be called the son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who was said to be unable to conceive is now in her sixth month. For no word from the Lord will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. And then the angel left her.
2: Isaiah 9-2, the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them has light shined. John 1, 1 1-5, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it.
3: Isaiah 9, 6. For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given. The government will rest on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. John 1:14 The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us, and we have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Uh-huh.
0: For the story of Christmas, how you came for us. Your word says that you're Emmanuel, God with us and we're so thankful that you are with us, that you are, you never leave us and we uh, we trust in that tonight that we love you. I pray that um, just in the coming days that you would be with us as we just would be a light to our friends and family and we would just share your love all that we encounter, God. Just the ambassadors of your grace. We love you, Jesus, and it's in your name. We pray, amen. amen.
4: Thank you. You may be seated. I love Christmas, candles, communion, and family. I love beautiful music, especially when it focuses on on the one true God, Emmanuel, God with us. And this is a part of an extension of the series that we've been doing called Another Way Home. Last year, we started kind of wrapping candlelight communion along with the same journey that we've been walking as a church. And as I was sitting in my office this afternoon, I, I just took a moment and said, God, could you just do something amazing in the midst of people's hearts and busy lives, especially this time of year? So I hope and pray that as you take kind of a deep breath tonight that that you'll just really enter into the spirit of what communion and Christmas is really all about. I can tell you exactly how to get to my childhood home in Brandon, Manitoba. I think I could drive it pretty much with my eyes closed even though that would be unbelievably dangerous. Let me tell you exactly how to get to my home back home. You go to Sumas, Washington and go across the road and Head north into Canada, go exactly two miles north and find the number one highway that's going to take you east. Stay on that highway for a really, 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 really long time. You're going to go through Hope, British Columbia and then you're going to head into the beautiful Rocky Mountains. You're going to wind your way along some narrow and and somewhat treacherous two-lane highway as you go through Hope and and Revelstoke and Golden. And if you're smart, you're going to stop in Revelstoke Because there's nothing like a sunset in Revelstoke, British Columbia, when the sun is setting over top of some of the most beautiful mountains that God ever created. If you're you're wise enough to be able to stop and take a break there, you're going to get up the next morning and and you're going to hit Salmon Arm, British Columbia for breakfast. And if it's a beautiful day, you're going to stop before you jump back in the car and you're going to go for a walk along the waterfront because the absolutely beautiful, breathtaking blue water of the Shushwap is something that everybody should have an opportunity to see. After you take off from Salmon Arm, you're just going to kind of, kind of bolt your way across through the rest of the Rocky Mountains through Rogers Pass. And if the weather cooperates, you're going to just drive through the mountains and it's going to be mountain peak after mountain peak after mountain peak. And then all of a sudden, boom, they're going to stop. And you're going to pop out of Calgary, Alberta. And you're going to wind your way around Cowtown in Calgary. And from Calgary on, it's really, really, really flat. And just when you think it can't be any longer or flatter, you're going to realize that you haven't even made your way out of Alberta yet. You're going to go across southern Alberta through Brooks and Medicine Hat. And then a sign suddenly is going to announce to you that you found your way to Saskatchewan. And then it's going to get really flat. You're going to go across the province of Saskatchewan, and then suddenly you're going to see a brown sign over on your right-hand side that says, Welcome to the Wheat Province. And when you get to that sign, if you're me, you realize that you're almost home. You drive across the southern part of Manitoba until you come to a little town called Verdun. And Verdon's weird because off on your left-hand side, you're going to wonder what in the world is going on because there are oil rigs actually pumping on the side of the road in Manitoba, of all places. You come upon the next little town called Oak Lake, and then on your right-hand side, you're going to see a green mile marker that says, Brandon, 50 kilometers. For those of you who don't know, it takes about half an hour to cover 50 kilometers. You're going to keep driving until you come to an even smaller town called Kemney. And at Kemney, you're going to have a decision to make. You can continue down Highway Number One and get to Brandon, or you can go down Highway Number 1A if you want to find another way home. I like to take 1A because it's shorter. And you're going to roll along through five different sets of hills, and then you're going to see a set of trees show up in the middle of the four lane highway that's going to divide it for the rest of the way into Brandon. In about 10 minutes, you're going to go over a series of speed bumps. In Manitoba, they call them hills, but they're bumps. And as you enter into my hometown, you're going to go past a hotel, past a car lot. You're going to turn right at what used to be a Kmart, but now isn't anything. And you're going to drive down 34th Street. And when you head south on 34th Street, you're going to follow it past all of the houses till you see a little tiny sign that says Willowdale Crescent. And when you turn left on Willowdale, you're going to make your first right on Silver Birch Drive. And when you come around the corner, you're going to see a little tiny house with the number 58 on the front of it. When you get there, if you're me or my sister or my mom or my dad, then and only then are you home. I know exactly what's on the other side of the doorway to my home in Brandon. There's warmth on the other side of that front door because my dad always has a wood fire burning downstairs. And the house kind of smells like the warmth of real wood fire. On the other side of that door is acceptance because as much as it may surprise some of you, My parents still love me after 43 years. And when I would walk through the door, my mom would hug me, and my dad, in his old German tradition, would give me a really, really warm hug and then look awkward, and he would think if I was, if he was my grandpa, that he'd kiss me on both cheeks. Because even though my grandpa was four foot nine, didn't matter how tall you were, when you came to his house, you got kissed. That's the way it was. But my dad wouldn't. Because he'd turn kind of red and just give me one of those welcome home, son, kind of hugs. I know what else is on the other side of that door. There would be shelter there because in Manitoba in winter, you need shelter. And on the other side of that door would be familiarity. Because at 58 Silver Birch Drive in Brandon, Manitoba, I know the rules. I know how it flows. I know that at 5 o'clock, dinner is served. And if you're late, too bad. I know exactly where the television set is and where all the books are. I know that my room is still down the hallway to your left. It's still the same color, has the same bedspread and the same furniture as the day I left it when I went to college. I know how to get home. I know the route. I know the landmarks. I can drive it in my mind because I've been home over and over and over and over again. And if I asked you to direct me to your home, you'd give me directions based on your experience. You'd tell me what to look for as as I was guided to your home. And tonight, more than anything, I just want you to see some landmarks along the way. Just like I described to you how to get to my home in Brandon, Manitoba. I want to share with you some landmarks as I guide you home for communion. The celebration of Christmas comes from the fact that Jesus Christ left his home so that he could make a way home for us so that we could find a way home to god and along the way he left some landmarks and every one of those landmarks is actually represented somewhere behind me so let's start with the first landmark let's start with the star the star showed us that there was an indication of jesus in human history i love the fact that god would use a star of all things to try and point us towards his one and only son. I love that he would use the heavens to try and show us that Messiah had arrived. I love the fact that if you walk outside tonight and there's no clouds in the sky, that you can look to the heavens and every one of those heavens will point in exactly the same way. They'll say, don't look at us. Look at the one who created us. I love the fact that light travels at 186,000 miles per second. I love the fact that if you walk outside tonight, that light coming from Proxima Centauri emits a light that takes almost four and a half years to get here so that you can see it. I love the fact that God is so unbelievably detail-oriented that He would start light four and a half years before I need it, just so every night at 1018, I can let my dogs out into the backyard and not lose track of any of them. I love the fact that people for centuries have navigated by the stars to find safe passage home. I love the fact that God would use a star, an idol in the eyes of the wise men, To guide them home to Jesus. I love that the prophet Isaiah said the people walking in darkness have seen a great light on those living in the land of deep darkness. A light has dawned. I love that God would use a star in the heavens to send us a very, very clear message. A message that says a light has dawned. Help has arrived. You were lost, but now you can see. God has taken human form. God has put on human flesh. Messiah is here. He is God and he's with us. I love that God would pick a star out of the sky to remind each and every one of us that Emmanuel has come. The star guided those who were wise enough to follow to the place where they could worship. And in the shadow of a star was a humble manger A rough-hewn feed box for animals. And in that feed box, wrapped in humble strips of cloth, was a king. I love that God would pick a star to direct us. And then I love that He would choose a manger to call for our attention. As much as the star was an indication for Jesus, the manger is a symbol of the incarnation of Jesus. You know, years ago I heard a pastor do his best to try and make the manger beautiful. He did everything that he could to to try and make it seem like it was something that it wasn't. In fact, he told this incredible scientific explanation of how the roughness of a cow tongue would rub the the wood and, and that it was actually one of the most sterile environments that Jesus could have been placed inside of. And he went to great incredible lengths to try and show us that the manger was beautiful and pristine and wonderful. I'm a farm kid. You can't make a manger beautiful to me. I've seen way too many food boxes. I've seen cows with snot running out of their noses, dripping and oozing all over this place as they sucked down the grain and the hay that was inside of the box that my grandpa filled. You can't make it pretty. You can't hang a deodorizer on it. It's a manger. It's not supposed to be a pretty story. It's a humble story. It's an unthinkable story. In fact, if you really, really think about it, the whole story of the manger is a travesty. Kings don't lay down in feed boxes unless the king is sending a very, very clear message to people at Christmas time that if you look big, you're going to miss him. But then instead that he would think to come small. It's not a pretty story, it's a beautiful story, it's a moving story, it's a holy story that Jesus, the Son of God, would use a manger for his bed. You know what I miss about having a 17 and a 14-year-old? I miss that it's not cool to sing the song anymore. Away in a manger. No crib for his bed. The little Lord Jesus lay down his sweet head. The stars in the bright sky, they looked down where he lay. The little Lord Jesus asleep on the hay. It's not cool, but I sing it to him anyway. The story of a king in a manger is announced by the prophet Isaiah in these words. As Denny read them to us. For to us, a child is born. To us, the son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. If you need therapy at Christmas, the manger has you covered. If you need a God to be strong for you at Christmas, the manger has you covered. If you don't have a dad and you need an everlasting father at Christmas, the manger has you covered. If you're surrounded by chaos and you need peace, the manger has you covered because in it was a wonderful counselor, a mighty God, an everlasting father, a prince of peace. He started with a star, a manger, and in the shadow of a manger was an unthinkable shape the shape of a cross the star was an indication of jesus the manger was the incarnation of jesus and then of all things unthinkable things the shadow of a cross lays out the story of the humiliation of that same jesus you know it would be so nice if we didn't have to go to the humiliation of jesus at christmas time It'd be nice if if the story of Jesus was just that Jesus turned into a star. And he lit up the sky with his glory and his brilliance and with his light. It'd be nice, a really nice story, if Jesus left the manger behind and became a spiritual superstar. It would be amazing if, if the manger was just a footnote in an amazing story of how Jesus just exceeded all expectations and stepped across human history and was somebody that every single human being looked up to. But unfortunately, that's not the reality of it. No, the manger, the star, and the cross tell a very different story. He was born in an obscure village, the child of a peasant woman. He grew up in still another village where he worked in a carpenter shop until he was 30. And then for three years, he was an itinerant preacher. He never wrote a book. He never held an office. He never had a family or owned a house. He didn't go to college. He never traveled more than 200 miles from the place that he was born. He did none of the things that's usually associated with greatness. He had no credentials but himself. He was only 33 when public opinion turned against him. His friends deserted him. He was turned over to his enemies and went through the mockery of a trial. And he was nailed to a cross between two thieves. When he was dying, his executioners gambled for his clothing, the only property that he ever had on earth. When he was dead, he was laid in a borrowed grave through the pity of a friend. Nineteen centuries have come and gone, and today he's still the central figure of the human race, the leader of mankind's progress. And all of the armies that have ever marched, all the navies that have ever sailed, all the parliaments that have ever sat, all the kings that ever reigned, put together, have not affected the life of man on earth as much as that. One solitary life. A life that was guided by a star. that started in a manger and did not end on a cross. The prophet Isaiah wrote it this way, 700 years before Jesus was born, he said this, he grew up before him like a tender shoot, like a root out of dry ground. He was pierced for our iniquities. He was crushed for our transgressions. The punishment that brought us peace was on him. And by his wounds, we are healed. We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each one of us has turned to our own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and afflicted. Yet he didn't open his mouth. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before its shearers is silent, he did not open his mouth. Tonight as we gather for communion, we need to understand that the cross is the doorway through which we all get welcomed home. The cross is God's invitation for us to find another way home. Now make no mistake, when I talk about another way home, I am not implying there's another way to God. There is one way to God that is through Jesus Christ alone and the power of the blood that was shed on the cross for each and every one of us. There are not alternative ways. The Bible says that there's a narrow gate and a narrow way. In fact, it implores us, it says, enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it, but small is the gate, narrow the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. I mean, I checked my Bible again today. There's a narrow road, and there's a broad road. One leads to heaven, the other leads to hell, and somehow along the way, we got this all messed up, because people keep telling us there's a middle road. There's no middle road. We try to play it safe and we take up residence on that middle road and God is offended by that fact because he says there's not three roads. There's two roads and only one of those roads leads home. The Bible says there's one gate, one narrow way. In fact, it's so unbelievably specific where it says there's only one way. This verse is offensive to people. And that's why I love it. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and nobody gets home to my Father unless you go through me and my front door. And that's why we can celebrate at Christmas. We celebrate because a star beckons us home. We celebrate because a manger tells us, how humble we're going to need to be to get home. And a cross calls us to say there is one and only one way home. But it also says the door's open. Open for me and open for you. That the indescribable gift of Jesus is still beckoning people to come home. Before Jesus went to the cross. The Bible says this. It says the Lord Jesus on the night he was betrayed. He took bread. And when he had given thanks he broke it. And he said this is my body. Which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way after supper he took the cup. Saying this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it. In remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. So then, whoever eats the bread or drinks of the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of sinning against the body and the blood of the Lord. So everybody ought to examine themselves before they eat of the bread and drink from the cup. You know, Scripture doesn't say that it happened this way, but in my mind, when I come to candlelight communion, When I come and stand in front of another human being who holds out the elements and that's all they are, they're just symbols. When they hold it out and when they say to me, the body and blood of Christ for you, do you know what I wish they would add to it? I wish they'd say, Merry Christmas. Unspeakable joy from the Christ of Christmas. Offering a gift of his broken body and his spilled blood. My prayer is that we would receive it tonight as a gift. That we would look at it in the same way that we look at those wonderful parcels that are underneath of the tree. That we rip open. Here's the coolest thing about the gift of God. It's not socks. (laughs) It's not underwear. It's not something that you thought you needed it's a gift it's everything you ever needed and more and it's a gift from god specifically for you and around it i believe he would wrap these beautiful words merry christmas so before we come to the table Let's take a moment in light of the star and the manger and the cross and let's examine ourselves. You know, we don't do very good with quietness. We just don't. But in these next few quiet moments, is there any unconfessed sin that you need to talk to Jesus about? Is there a spirit of bitterness or unforgiveness deep inside of your heart? Because now is the time to make it right. Now is the time to wash your hands. So that you can come to the table and know that you're welcome here. So let's take a moment and reflect and confess and repent. Then, in a few moments I will pray and then I'll give you communion instructions as we come to God's table, hearing Jesus whisper in our ear. Merry Christmas. Let's pray together. Father, I thank you that your word says if we confess our sin, you're faithful and just and will forgive our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So I pray that as we've examined our heart, I pray that we will have asked for forgiveness knowing that that is a gift that you give. Father, for my brothers and my sisters, as we come to communion tonight, may we know that we don't come as those who've been judged. That we come as those who've been welcomed. Father, I thank you that we're not on the outside, but that we're on the guest list. We're welcomed with warmth, acceptance, love, and joy. So Lord, as we come, would you move in our hearts as we are so desperately thankful for a star, an indication of Jesus. For a manger, the incarnation of Jesus. And for a cross, where the humiliation of Jesus paid a debt we couldn't pay. So as we come, you meet us here? In your precious and holy name we pray. me give you a couple of just brief instructions i'm hoping some of you have done this before and in a few moments somebody's going to come down the right hand side of the section that you're sitting in in front of each section are communion elements and when that usher dismisses your row i'm going to ask you to stand and exit to your right if you go to your left this will go terribly wrong So please, everyone's going to exit to their right. And it doesn't matter how many people are in your row. It doesn't matter how many people are in your section. You're going to go right even if you're the only one in that row. As you approach the table, you're going to walk down the side of your section and there will be two servers standing in front of you. If there's somebody at the first server, please just go to the second one. Don't just wait in line for the first. There's two available to you. They're going to present the emblems to you you can take them right there if you want to take them back to your seat you sure can if you need a little more time but you're gonna receive the elements the symbols the broken body for you the spilled blood for you for those of you who are in recovery here at Christ the King communion's safe for you we use grape juice and crackers here and we want you to know we'd never do anything to trip up your journey towards wholeness There's receptacles for your cup. And when you're done, you're going to exit up the opposite side of your row and go right back in where you came from. So essentially, we're just all going to walk in a great big circle, row upon row. If you choose not to participate, we honor that. And it's simple. If you choose not to receive communion tonight, when it's your row's turn, just stand up, let everybody by. Nobody's going to think twice. In fact, if you choose not to be with us tonight, I'd like to thank you for being respectful enough for what it is that we're doing to bring honor and dignity to a very, very important moment for believers. So I'm going to ask those who are serving communion to please come to the tables. I'm going to ask those who are going to be dismissing Rose to please make your way to the front of the section. those who are in the front row of each section I know it's going to seem awkward for you to actually exit to your right but I'm going to ask you to set a really good example for the rest of us and instead of just stepping right up if you'd exit to your right see the servers and then receive communion to each of you this is the body and blood of Christ for you Merry Christmas With those of you in the front row of each section, please stand, come to the front, let's take communion together.
1: Star is an indication of Jesus.
4: The manger is the incarnation of Jesus. The cross is the humiliation of Jesus. But we're not done. If you read the end of the same chapter of Isaiah, there's one more section. It's the glorification of Jesus. The prophet says this, after he suffered, then he will see the light of life and be satisfied. By his knowledge, my righteous servant will justify many, bear their iniquities. Therefore, I'll give him a portion among the great And one day he'll divide the spoils with the strong because he poured out his life unto death and was numbered with the transgressors. For he bore the sin of many and he made intercession for the transgressors. Every part tonight had a symbol, a star, a manger, a cross. And I'm up in my office saying, God, what's the symbol for the glorification of Jesus? What's the picture? It's us. We're the symbol of the glorification of Jesus Christ because we're the recipients of grace. We're the symbol and we need look look no further than to see ourselves as this amazing beautiful Christmas picture of the grace of God. Because here's the good news of Christmas. We were spared. We were saved. We remember that we are the reason why He came. And that is the most beautiful Christmas gift of all. Would you join me as we close in prayer? Father, we have come in the quietness of candlelight, in the beauty of music, and we lifted our hearts in obedience when you said, do this in remembrance of me. So we've given ourselves as a gift in response to your indescribable gift. So we thank you for a star and for a manger, for a cross, but most of all, we stand full of humble gratitude, acknowledging that it was for our salvation that you came. So we say to you, the King of Kings, our Messiah, our Emmanuel, God with us, to you we say, thank you. Happy birthday. And a very merry Christmas. And the humble, broken and yet restored people of God agreed together with all of their hearts and said amen and amen. We'll see you back here on Christmas Eve. Merry Christmas, everybody.
1: take to your street now's the time for us to rise and carry hope and let love shine and show this world that mercy is alive now's the time